1: Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. Today we're going to talk about one of my absolute favorite topics and a skill that I think is going to distinguish an average leader and an average team from being the best leader and the best team. And I'm going to use my language, not necessarily my guest language, but that's the concept of conflict. The notion that there are different alternatives, there are different views, there are different perspectives. and In fact, that's why you need a team. That's why you bring people together. And Sometimes, those perspectives can get to be on arch sides of a divide with each other where it seems intractable. There is no way forward. Let's say research wants to do one thing and sales wants to do the completely polar opposite and each refuses to move. Or you can imagine all sorts of situations where there's no progress. There's no way forward. Well, today we're talking with one of my absolute favorite experts who has spent a lifetime helping people work themselves through these particular kind of difficult situations. And the concept for today is not so much conflict as it is facilitation if you will think about some of this is what's the role you play in moving through that conflict. So my guest is Adam Kahane. He's director of Rios Partners, which is an international social enterprise that helps people move forward together on their most important and intractable issues. He's worked in more than 50 countries in every part of the world with executives and politicians, generals and guerrillas, civil servants and trade unionists, communion community activists, and United Nations officials, clergy, and artists. I think you get the pattern of those polar opposites that Adam is noted for bringing together. Adam is a prolific writer. He's the author of Solving Tough Problems, an Open Way of Talking, Listening, and Creating New Realities, about which Nelson Mandela said, quote, This breakthrough book addresses the central challenge of our time, finding a way to work together to solve the problems we have created. End quote. I love that quote. What a great way to say this. He's also the author of Power and Love, as well as Transformative Scenario Planning, and one of my all-time favorites, Collaborating with the Enemy, How to Work with People You Don't Agree With or Like or Trust. And the book for today is called Facilitating Breakthrough, How to Remove Obstacles, Build Bridges, and Move Forward Together. Now, I should tell you a couple of things about Adam just for fun. He used to work at Royal Dutch Shell as head of social, political, economic, and technological scenarios, meaning I think he was in the strategy group. And he's held strategy and research positions at Pacific Gas and Electric Company, which is in San Francisco, at an organization for economic cooperation and development in Paris, at an organization in Vienna, an organization in Tokyo, and at various universities like Oxford, Toronto, British Columbia, California, and the Western Cape, just to name a few. And in addition, he's a cello player, although he won't claim to be particularly good at it. I think I know better than that. Adam, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much, Wanda.
1: It's a pleasure to have you back. And I should say for everybody, you've been a guest before on the book, I Like So Much, Collaborating with the Enemy. But I am super excited to talk about this facilitation book, Breakthroughs. Start, though, at the beginning. Why? Why does this work matter to you? What's the question you're trying to address?
2: Well, um, it matters to me because I see so clearly the terrible consequences of people just trying to have things their way, (laughs) which... (laughs) happens a lot uh not just in organizations but in families and communities and the world and uh you know it's not it's not always destructive but it's often destructive I think it at best it often leads to things getting stuck uh, terribly stuck um, with uh, one person does what they want and other people push back and it goes like that forever um and at worst, leads to leads to violence, uh, you know, physical violence or other kinds of oppression or suppression or repression. So uh, it's seeing that, but I guess even more so, seeing that another way is possible, seeing it with my own eyes, uh, that uh, that has me keep working on it and keep trying to do it and keep trying to support it and keep trying to write about it. Uh, yeah.
1: I can uh, can imagine when you see progress against some of the issues that I know you have been up against, that would be pretty inspiring. I know we talked on the last podcast a few years ago about your work in Mexico with the Mexican, gov- Mexican government, work I have quoted your story on, on several times. So imagine bringing the government together with uh, there are enemy in this particular case, some of the drug warlords for the purpose of solving a local problem, which I think is fascinating. Did I get that halfway accurate, Adam?
2: Uh, n- no, not quite. And I'm only being impolite enough to correct you because I don't want to <laughs> claim to do things I haven't done. Um, uh, I think I've done a, a bunch of things that are kind of similar and maybe got conflated in your example. Okay. But, uh, I've worked a lot in, in Colombia uh, uh, with government players and other players, including the guerrillas who in some way were connected to, to drug lords. So
1: Great.
2: Um, and and also in Mexico, and not specifically on the question of drugs, but on the question of the whole mess of illegality and insecurity and inequity in education, in legal systems, and in local development. So the, I think the important part, which is what stood in, stuck in your mind, was uh, my focus in these last 30 years has been how do you bring people together uh, to make progress on things that they can't make progress on separately, even if they wish they didn't have to work together, <laughs> even if they don't agree with or like or trust each other.
1: Yeah, it's, that's, you're right. I did conflate both the Mexico and the Colombia exper- uh, examples. All right. So you've written so many books. Why facilitation? Why a book on facilitation?
2: Well, um, my interest uh, or my work or my passion is moving from polarization and stuckness to collaboration, to moving forward together. Um And that's what needs to happen. And for me, the word facilitation just means helping that happen, helping people move forward together. And uh, in particular, I don't mean a particular professional certification. I don't mean a particular role. I mean something anybody can do, a leader, a manager, a chairperson, a coach, uh, a consultant, a team member, a friend. Uh, That role of helping a group of people move forward together. And so I wanted to write about the nuts and bolts of what does that involve? What in practical terms do you do if you're trying to help people move forward together? And so that's why I, I wrote this book about facilitation.
1: Okay. All right. So I know a lot of your work has been with polar opposites, uh, you know, people who don't want to work together, as you rightly said, and who don't like each other, even trust each other. But you think the process worked just as well with two members of a team who have slightly at odds views about a path forward on a progress or two departments that are not talking. Is it the same process always?
2: Yeah, well, um, of course uh everything's different and everything's the same. I once had a colleague who, po- who said to me about the Paris fashion show that every year it's different and every year it's the same. So my interest is in what's the same and um yes, I think that uh uh there's always differences in a uh in any group of people there's always differences as you said in your intro. That's why we do things together. Because of the differences in perspective or experience or, mm-hmm. or understanding or professional background or power center or department. So there's always differences uh, and we need to harness them. And yeah, uh, it's the same basic issue uh, whether those differences are of people within the same organization or people across different organizations or sectors. The, only, the, the key difference is that in organizations, this is often concealed because of the hierarchy where people think, no, 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 I, I can just get people to do what I want them to do, or the boss will make them to do what we want them to do. I think that's mostly an illusion, <laughs> uh, even in organizations, even in families, uh, your capacity to get people to do things they don't want to do, at least in my experience, is pretty limited certainly if you want their full commitment and intelligence. So, yes, I I see the, or the level I'm speaking about is the same in all of these settings. How do diverse groups move forward together? Right.
1: It's funny you say the hierarchy. And, well, I think everybody listening to this will say, oh, yes, yes, the hierarchy is bad. But it is so baked into our thinking and corporate life that we don't stop really to question the metaphors. So, I hear often people say, well, I can't get anyone to help me because I don't have a team that reports to me. And that's the sense that if I don't own you and you don't have to do what I ask you to do, then I can't get any help, which of course is ludicrous. There's all sorts of ways of persuading people to be part of something. And there's that sense that… I'm going to tell you what I need and explain what I need, and it'll be so logical and so crystal clear that you'll just go out immediately and go ahead and do it, and all of which works against exactly where you're trying to move us, which is working together to move forward, I guess.
2: Yeah. Well, as you and I were were discussing last week, almost everything interesting or challenging or worthwhile in management is a polarity rather than a choice, and the The terrible error is to think you have a choice when when you have two poles you have to to work with. so so I'm not saying that hierarchy is bad or that you can do without it. I think the a hierarchy um, in the strict meaning of the word uh, is required to be able to move forward together. Uh, I think most of the time, in other words, there has to be some sense that uh yeah that the higher uh trumps the lower and the larger trumps the smaller so we so that to some extent we need to be able to say yes i understand your position but but uh we need to do what's what's right for the situation or the company mm-hmm. or the department or the customer or whatever so i think that's half the story i would never say that it's bad um what i am saying though is that if you focus uh, only on what I call the vertical, the hierarchy, then uh, then you can often end up with uh, yeah with with uh, with stuckness or repression. The opposite, what I call the horizontal, is saying no, no no, everybody's equal here. There's nothing higher than anything else we want. Everybody to benefit equally, to contribute equally, and that also has value, but that by itself uh, can uh, can easily result in in, in atomization uh, um, and not getting anywhere. So, w- what I the main point I'm making in this book is that in order to move forward together, it's not vertical or horizontal hierarchy or equality but how to, how to do both, and more specifically, how to move between them, back and forth between them.
1: Okay. Uh, you know, because we were talking about it last week, and I think most of my listeners also know that I believe that everything that's interesting about leadership is a polarity i need to focus on the strategy and i need to focus on the tactics of the execution and i need to focus on pushing people and i need to focus on enabling people and we could go on on a dozen different ways being vulnerable and being confident simultaneously and here's one more focusing on the vertical which is the hierarchy focus on the horizontal which is a sort of sense of all equality but you say move between them and there's a rhythm of moving between them doing both okay, I'm with you, but explain to me what that looks like. Give me an example.
2: Yeah, well, what it looks like is it uh, it looks just like breathing. Breathing in and breathing out. We don't have arguments about is it better to breathe in or breathe out. We have to do both. We'd die if we did only one. Uh, But actually, we don't do them at the same time. We do them alternately. So uh, in helping a group move forward together, there's times when it's crucial to say, we have to focus on the good of the whole. We have to focus on the team's objective. We have to focus on the health of the company. That's the vertical. And there's other times when we need to say, hold on here. We have to focus on the good of each part, the rights of each part, the expression of each part, the opinions of each part. And uh, we need them both, but not simultaneously, alternately. So here's the trick or that here's the challenge. It's not a mechanical thing like we do three minutes of one and then three minutes of the other or a week of one and a week of the other or every second Tuesday we move to the horizontal. The, the challenge is we have to pay attention to what do we need to do in the next moment and constantly make the choice. Do I need a vertical move? Do I need a horizontal move? And that doesn't have a prescription or a recipe or a rhythm. The, the crucial thing, is paying attention uh, to what's needed now.
1: Okay, Adam, how do you know? I mean, I know you pay attention, you're watching. What are you using to judge what's needed now?
2: Well, um, that's a great question. And coming back to the breathing uh, uh, analogy, what's interesting about breathing is that your body uh, automatically knows? Okay, I breathed in too much. I'm getting too much carbon dioxide in my uh, in my system, and I have to expel the carbon dioxide, or I'll die. Oh, I've breathed out enough. I'm running out of oxygen. I need to gasp for breath. So, what we're looking for is what's the equivalent. Uh, what is the what is the equivalent sign that I need to move to the other? And the, the, uh, the sign of too much verticality is when you hear people saying, uh, look, could you just um, leave your agenda at the door or stop talking? We need to focus on the good of the whole. That's the sign. Wait a second. We're in danger here. Let's emphasize plurality. What do others think? Are there other alternatives here? Uh, uh, What are other perspectives? And on the other hand, when people get stuck saying, well, that may be what you want, but this isn't what I want, um, uh, uh, then that's a sign that we may be going too far in horizontality and we have to emphasize unity. So it's uh, it's, it's having, yeah, listening for and eventually having uh, a sense that you don't even have to think about it anymore. You feel or you sense that uh, that we're going too far in one direction. Let me, as the facilitator, as the manager, leader, coach, team member, um, uh, introduce the, the opposite elements so that we can keep advancing and not get stuck.
1: Okay. So, is the intent here to keep from getting stuck? So, to keep from getting polarized in one view versus the other? And it's this play of the balance between the vertical, the greater good of the entire organization versus everybody equal, that keeps us talking. Is that it?
2: Yes. Yes. I'm. My argument is that if we choose either the vertical or the horizontal, if we hold on to one pole, then we will uh, we will go wrong. We won't be able to move forward together, and the only way to move forward together is to keep moving between these between these poles.
1: Okay, it strikes me. I mean, you've been using the word "move forward together." I know it's in your book uh, quite a lot. I've even quoted it here. But I get the sense that, like the image that you just gave of a holding onto a pole, like holding onto it for life and not moving from it, means I'm unwilling to move to a different place. Is that why you use the word move forward together?
2: Well, I use it for an ordinary reason and for a more, um, uh, I guess you could say a deeper reason. I'm uh, The ordinary reason is... Um, Moving forward together is the opposite of being stuck, of being polarized, of everybody going in their own direction. Uh, And my experience with groups is the crucial thing isn't to agree everything before we start, but to move and to keep moving um, and to find our way as we go. Um, I guess you probably have heard this apocryphal story from Carl Wake, the, 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 the pioneer of, uh, of organizational learning who told this story about these um, uh, uh, French soldiers who were on maneuvers in the Alps and they uh, were lost in a storm and uh, uh, just sitting down hopeless thought that they, we're going to die there. And somebody found a map uh, in his knapsack and they followed the map and they managed to get down to the shelter. And when they got to the shelter, they looked at the map and found it wasn't a map of the Alps. It was a map of the Pyrenees. So no, uh, this is, I'm not certain this is a true story, but the reason uh, White tells it and the reason I tell it is it's this, what's needed is, <laughs> To be open and alert and listening and paying attention and feeling your way, and that's and the worst thing is to get is to get stuck, so that's why I talk about moving forward together. The other reason I use those three words is they summarize what, at a deeper level, I think this work is about, which is about enabling what I call power, love, and justice. I'm using these words in a particular way, but um my understanding of facilitation is you need all three. And if you're missing one or two, uh, terrible things will happen. And in this trio, moving is about power, is about, uh, you know, the energy to get things done, to create movement. Literally nothing happens without power. A uh, forward is justice, the idea that you're not just reproducing the status quo. You are you are enabling life and living and growth for everybody involved and uh, and Together is love. The sense, in the sense of a sense, a sense of connection and uh, and relatedness. So, anyhow, these are big words, but I happen to think they're they're key words for this uh, work. And so that's my reminder that the three words are contained in uh, in moving forward together.
1: I like that. Moving is a sense of power. Together is the connection, the love, and forward means not the status quo and hopefully to greater justice. Okay, excellent. All right, now I kind of get the concept of what this might look like. I like your metaphor of breathing, that there's a natural, there is a pattern to it, meaning you will form one to the next. And you're paying close attention in the moment to the words that people are saying in order to know when have we done too much of one and we need to do the opposite and vice versa. And that your skill as the facilitator is hearing that, seeing that, and turning to the opposite from either the vertical or the horizontal to the, to the polar opposite. Okay. Conceptually, I get an idea. Can you give me an example of how this plays out in a real story?
2: Well, I can give you two examples just from the last week because this is uh, this is uh, what I do all day, every day. Um, so, um, my colleagues and I have been working with a group of democracy activists in the U.S. Uh, who uh, each have their own organization, idea, ambition. Um, Uh, budgets they have to meet, um, ways they think about what needs to be done about democracy. And uh, when we met with them the first time, uh, we found that just focusing on here's what we're here to do together in this project just really didn't work. And, And so we had to to, step, to take a step back and say, okay, let's, let's take some time to hear, you know, where everybody's coming from, what's important to them, uh, what, it, what they're trying to do. So this is an example of, uh, of um, uh, excessive verticality uh, needing the correction of horizontality um I was with a, a a completely different team in a in a company um uh last week and i guess it's the opposite um uh, they were each talking about their department and uh their project and and their kpi and uh we realized we couldn't move forward until uh we had some some cohesion uh, from the top, and for the the project leader to to remind us of of the the charter of the team. Um, so the, the these would be examples of uh, of moving uh, of moving back and forth. Okay,
1: okay, all right. Let me take this out of the abstract and put it into the concrete. I know you have. F- specifically five ways that you actually go about building these skills. So what I want to ask you to do is can you just list what the five are for me? And then we're going to take a break and I'll come back and we'll dig into each one of them talk a little bit more about what they mean. So what are the five skills we need to be able to do this, pay attention and move from vertical to horizontal?
2: Well, the five uh, dimensions that I, uh, that I'm talking about are five questions that every collaboration The five questions that every collaboration has to answer, usually not once, but over and over, they're very basic. um, And the skills required or the the pair of skills required to answer each of these five questions. So the first is the most basic of all, what's going on here? How do we see our situation? Um, Here, the vertical is advocating and the horizontal is inquiring. The second is, how do we define success? Where are we trying to get to? Um, The vertical is concluding, and the horizontal is advancing. Uh, The third is, okay, that's where we are, here we're trying to get to, how do we get from here to there? The vertical is mapping, and the horizontal is discovering. Uh, Basic question, how are we gonna decide who does what? The vertical is directing, the horizontal is accompanying, and in a way, the most fundamental question of all is, how do we understand our role in this situation? The vertical is standing outside, trying to fix something. The horizontal is standing inside uh, as, a, as a player in the system. So I would say what I'm proposing here is a new language of facilitation, or if you will, leadership, management, it's only got these 10 moves, these 10 words. And the question is, when do you use each of the 10? It's not a mechanical thing like advocate, inquire, conclude. It's not in any, you know, set order. But how do I know when I need to do number one, when I need to do number two, when I need to do number eight, when I need to do number six? That's, that's all there is to it. There's only 10 moves. <laughs> but knowing which one is needed, that's the challenge.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I hope I have these straight. So the five questions are what's going on here, how do we define ses- success, how we move from here to there, how are we going to decide what we're doing and how do we see our role? Exactly. And each of those has a vertical move and a horizontal move. I could list the 10, I think, but I'm not going to at the moment. And the question of the day is if you have 10 moves which one's the right one at the moment in time in order to make sure you are still moving, not stuck, forward, connected to a sense of justice and together, meaning a sense of connection.
2: Exactly. You've got it. It's a piece okay. of cake.
1: Easily said and not so easily done. All right. I think that's a perfect place to take a break. My guest for today is Adam Kahane. The book that we've been talking about is Facilitating Breakthrough, How to Remove Obstacles, Bridge Differences, and Move Forward Together. And I should say that Adam is an international social enterprise person who spent 30-some years helping people who don't necessarily like each other, don't agree, don't necessarily want to be together, and don't even trust each other, come together in order to move forward together. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about which of these 10 and how do you decide, as well as talk about some other issues around conflict and manipulation. We'll be right back. group and talk about career advancement and we have a master's level for people who want to take a deeper dive all on out of the we hope you'll join us
0: when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you are listening to out of the comfort zone to reach dr wanda wallace or her guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadership-forum.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone.
1: Welcome back to the show. With me today is Adam Pain. The book that we have been talking about is break, uh, Facilitating Breakthrough, How to Remove Obstacles, Bridge Differences, and Move Forward Together. Adam is a director of Rios Partners, which is an international social enterprise helping people work together in, across social spheres, across community and government spheres, as well as within companies. We have just been talking about the meaning of move forward together, um, to not get stuck, because stuck is what keeps collaboration from actually happening forward is that sense of justice to a better place not stuck in the status quo and together is that sense of connectedness that we are sort of all a part of something somewhere whether it's a, always apparent or not apparent and we've talked about the five questions what's going on here what, how do we define success? How do we get from here to there? How are we going to decide? And how do we see our role? And for each of those, there's the vertical, meaning the horizontal move, and there, sorry, the vertical move, meaning the power, hierarchical move, and the horizontal move, meaning the equalizing move, everybody in this together, equal parts. So, 10 moves that leaves us with advocating versus inquiring, concluding versus advancing, mapping versus discovering, directing versus accommodating, and standing outside to fix versus standing inside as a player. And the question of the day is, how do I know which of the 10 moves to use, knowing that I want to move between the vertical and the horizontal as the time demands? Okay, Adam, how do I know? Here I am standing facilitating this. How do I begin to think about what I need to do next in facilitation?
2: Well, um, let me give you a a metaphor that I think may may help. Um, I grew up sailing uh, small boats on a lake. And for those of you who have sailed, you'll know that if you're trying to go in the direction the wind's coming from, you can't go straight there. It's not possible. And so you have to move back and forth uh, at 45-degree angles. Uh, That's uh, a lot of the fun part about sailing a small boat is you have to keep moving back and forth uh, and uh, you have to keep paying attention to what's going on in the water, what's going on in the wind, where is your balance uh, in the boat, um, to know, okay, I've, I, I've gone as far as I can on this starboard tack, it's time for me to go to, to port and starboard and port and starboard and port. So that's, that's what it's like to move forward in a sailboat, and by analogy, that's what it's like to go forward with facilitation. Um, that um, when I see the group uh, overemphasizing unity uh, at the cost of, uh, of the autonomy and variety of its members, then I have to emphasize plurality. And when it's going too far uh, in emphasizing uh, plurality uh, at the cost of uh, coordination and coherence, then I have to go to the opposite which is to emphasize unity, and uh, yes, to some extent, it's about thinking it through and listening to words. Uh, but I think um, after you've been at it a while, uh, it's a sense just like when you've been sailing for a while—you just know, man, I've got to push the tiller in the other direction, otherwise, I'm going to fall <laughs> over. Uh, it's the sense, the smell, the feel in the body, uh, the the cro- in the in a group, the crossed arms, the the insistence the uh the uh, the frequently the going around in circles I notice we're we're uh covering this same issue for the eighth time, and we covered it at the last meeting and the last meeting so what's really going on here so uh, yes uh, i mean I do offer uh in the book uh you know a map a chart with all kinds of boxes and uh uh, uh and and yes, there's a logic to it, and there's visible signs but it's as much about the invisible signs, you know, and just one more way to say it, which I think can be helpful. You know, in English, the word group is a bit ambiguous. The word group means the singular and the plural. Mm -hmm. So when you're writing, it's ambiguous whether I should say the group is, or should I say the group are, both are correct because it's different aspects. So that's what you're paying attention to. Uh, what's important right now is it the group as singular the the that's the vertical or is it the group as plural that's what's needed now and it's never just one <laughs> or it's just one at any time and we need them both okay how's that for mixed metaphors
1: I think those are great metaphors in that they give me a sense of it's hard to know precisely. It's not a formula that I can plug into an app and it says, now go here and now go there. But that at the same time, when you hold these two in opposite, the vertical, the horizontal, the unity, the plural, then you start to get a feeling of what is needed next. And it's practice that gives you a better feeling.
2: Yeah, so let me give you an example. I think the easiest one of the five or the most straightforward one is the first one about, um, about uh, this most basic thing which comes up over and over you know, in every conversation which is what's going on right now. So the vertical answer to that question is uh, we have the right answer. I know. I know. We know. Uh, there's expertise. There's decisiveness. That's great. The problem with people saying I know or we know we have the right answer is either everybody thinks the same thing and it's wrong which is groupthink or uh, some people think A but other people think that's wrong and they just ignore it or repudiate it or undermine it. So that's the ver- that's the vertical. The horizontal is we each have our own answer. The the upside of of the horizontal is we have diversity we have inclusion. Uh, we have different perspectives. We can look at things from different angles, as you said in your opening. Sales, research, uh, uh, production, all can bring what they see to the table, and, uh, and uh, we can see more of what's happening. The downside of we each have our own answer is cacophony. Everybody's just saying something different. They don't understand each other. And indecision. We just don't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Everybody's saying, no, no, it's this, it's that. So, to be very specific, when we're overcome with cacophony and indecision of everybody saying we have our own answer, then what's needed is uh is is verticality, of advocating of of somebody saying, "Okay, I'm listening, I think this is it. You agree, or sorry, to be more to be even more precise, when somebody says, "I think this is it," that's the vertical move." And then when they say, what do you all think? Does that make sense to you? That's the horizontal move. So that's a very simple example um, of, of of working with uh, both, in this case, advocating and inquiring both vertical and horizontal to get the best of both. Great.
1: And now I see why the moves are what they are because in some way, so the question is what's going on here and the moves, the choices are inquiry or advocating. And what you just said is we have too much of the vertical, too much cacophony, too much indecision, too much not concluding. And so somebody makes an advocating move, which is a vertical move saying, I think this is the answer balanced by a vertical move, which is inquiry. What do you think? And you you get yeah. that play back and forth. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um- I've thrown so many words at you, they're starting to get jumbled, I think. Uh, But yes, when we have too much horizontality, we make the vertical move, which is advocating. When we have too much verticality, we make the horizontal move, Move. which is inquiring. Okay. Um, And we move back and forth between them, not in any particular rhythm or order, but always asking what's needed right now. Is the group falling into groupthink, uh, the risk of groupthink? Or is the group falling into uh, the risk of cacophony?
1: Right, right. And that's only one of the five questions. Yeah. I can well imagine how that plays out. You said an interesting thing at the very beginning of that. You said the most basic question is what's going on here, and I find that in my in when I'm working with teams or when I'm working with pairs of individuals that are a little bit at odds with each other for a host of reasons. That getting at the bottom of what is really going on here is the hardest part of the process. Now, do you find the same or am I alone on that one?
2: No, I find the same. But when I'm saying what is going on here, I don't just mean in the group amongst us. I mean what is going on in the market and what right. is going on in politics and what's going on. Uh, why is the factory keep breaking down? So it's making the ordinary point that if you don't understand what's going on, or if you don't have a shared understanding of what's going on, or a rich shared understanding of what's going on, then you won't be able to make sensible decisions about what to do. And so so in that sense, uh, the basic question is what's happening?
1: Right. So what do you do when you can't get that rich shared understanding? That even what's going on here is defined by two completely different worldviews perspectives points of data what's your advice then
2: well the generic advice or the the abstract advice is summarized in the <laughs> in the phrase systems thinking which is uh, what is usually happening is that Different people are paying attention to different aspects of what's going on, the park closest to them or that they're responsible for or that they're most familiar with or that they studied. Um, and they're just not seeing the other part of it or they're not seeing how it matters. So uh, I think it was mm-hmm. Eisenhower who said, uh, if you're trying to solve a big problem, make it bigger so the gen- the general answer is what's the larger frame what's the larger system uh, what's the larger systemic perspective that includes the, uh our different perspectives our different narratives so whether it's systems thinking or uh, another approach that uh that we use a lot is scenario thinking there's there isn't just one story about what is going on or could go on. It's, uh, it's, it's really useful to make explicit multiple narratives about what is going on, what could go on, what we could do about it. And then when we can all see the landscape and sort of understand that when I say mountain, it means that thing over there. And when I say river, it means that thing down there. Okay, we understand the landscape. I may still think the mountain's the important thing, and you may still think the river's the important thing. But anyhow, we get it. Then we can start to have a conversation. Okay, so this is where we are. This is the situation we're faced with. What can we do? Right. But otherwise, it's just cacophony. Cacophony or polarization or uh, the mountain people say, tell with you. (laughs) Just keep going (laughs) on (laughs) and on about the river. Nobody's allowed to talk about the river. Anybody talks about the river will be taken out and shot or fired. So, it's not useful. Okay. So,
1: <laughs> We joke about it, but certainly I'm sure you see that in an awful lot of cases. And I'm laughing because I certainly see that in an awful lot of cases. All right.
2: Five uh, well, questions. I see it. Uh, not only do I see it in an awful lot of places, I see it all the time. <laughs> not just in client situations, in my own organization, in my family. It's really easy to get polarized and stuck And everybody in their own little world, it's very easy, happens all the time, happens 10 times a day to me, I don't know about you. (laughs) And so these are, yeah, these are human uh, challenges.
1: Absolutely. All right. I can imagine that there are people listening to this and they're going to say what I'm about to say. So yes, but you know already where this is going. No. Sometimes there's a person and that person is just such an irritating personality. They won't let's say listen to anything. They won't they won't you know and you know how people get to the point of the accusation now becomes it's on this person that's keeping us stuck. Yeah. What's your response?
2: Well, um yes. Uh, I mean, I'm as irritable as the next person, maybe more than average irritable. Uh, I often think, you know, if if this person wasn't just being such a turkey, or if they weren't such an idiot, or if they just listened to me, everything would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it happens a lot. Um, and what I found, and what I'm about to say is easier to say than to do, what I found is there's usually something wise and important in what that person is trying to convey that I need to hear. Uh, And especially when I'm irritated or reactive or blaming uh, or upset, that's usually almost always a signal that there's something in this situation that I'm not getting, and I need to get, and that if I can, well, in this case, inquire. So why is this thing so important to you, Jack? Why do you keep mentioning X? I don't, I don't understand. Why does X matter? And then there's some reason why Jack keeps going on about X, and there's also some reason why I find X extremely irritating and upsetting, or I get defensive when he, when Jack mentions X or whatever so yes um, different people are different uh, can find them irritating uh, uh, but i but it's in my experience, there's almost always something important there that's worth inquiring into
1: okay so the but the one is to pause my um Labeling and agitation for the moment to tune into what might be important here, or to borrow words from Sheila Heen, what might be true here.
2: Right, or what might I be missing here? Yes,
1: what might I be missing here?
2: Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. where is Jack coming from? I mean, <laughs> usually it's a story that if, if I ask Jack, Jack, just tell me a bit, how did this thing become important to you? normally it's something very or often it's something very easy to understand. And if I knew it, I'd go, oh, now I get what you talked about. I still don't agree with you, but now I understand this isn't irritating at all. This is just you've had this thing happen to you that I didn't know about. And yeah. so so yeah. And then we can go on with and we can laugh about it and we can we can remember it. Oh, okay. It's that thing oh, again, right? Uh, <laughs> oh. But right. then you know, now it's depolarized and we can start to move.
1: Right, and I think you're right in the heat of the moment, particularly when I have been locked in battle with Jack for a while and feeling very stuck, that words of there's something here from Jack I need to listen to and need to understand, inquire about are much easier said than done, and hence the need for a facilitator to make sure we stay on track at that moment in time all right I'm going to shift gears on Adam on you, Adam, and I want to talk about you know all of this in one way is a bit of influence. You know, if I, because the intention here is if I am better at facilitating, then we're going to be better at resolving an issue and I can influence the group to go in one direction or the other. And most people would start to label that and include, I know you as well, that it's a form of manipulation. So tell me that where does the line cross between into manipulation.
2: So, um, in my experience, uh, for many people, I would maybe most people, but let me just say, for many people, the default is to try to force things to way to be the way they want them to be. So, using their authority or their power or their money or their charisma or whatever to get people to do for me to get people to do what I want them to do. That's fine. It's not necessarily illegal, but I'm not interested in that. That's not what collaboration is about. That's not what facilitation is about. Collaboration is about, that's not good enough. I can't get where I want to go using forcing. I've got to work with them. And, and yeah. um, um, uh, And therefore, facilitation is antithetical to manipulation.
1: Ha,
2: ha, 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 ha. And, you know, I had a, a partner, Bill O'Brien, he used to be CEO of uh, Hanover Insurance, a very down-to-earth person, and he said, even the simplest person can tell when uh, when you're manipulating. Even the simplest person uh, can detect bullshit. Don't even try. <laughs> um, and so, yes, facil- collaboration and facilitation are the opposite of that. And if you forget that, then then you're lost.
1: Well, I do an awful lot of work around the space of diversity. And one of the questions that I always get from leaders is, well, what what's going on here and what do I need to do to fix it? Notice the intentional yeah. vertical move. And what you've just said to me is one of my frustrations with leaders is they never want to hear what the real problem is about. They never want to understand the multitude of perspectives of why this isn't working. And it's interesting because you just gave me the solution to that. It's the notion of, are we willing to genuinely collaborate to understand what is and isn't working in
2: my organization and then to collectively decide where to go? Well, and there's something more than that, which is the only thing I want to hear less about than what's really going on is what am I doing wrong? (laughs) Yeah, of course. When I stand outside the vertical move if I have to fix them. The horizontal yes. move is what am I doing? That's part right. of things being the way they are. Exactly, exactly right, and nobody wants to hear that.
1: All right, Adam, we are sadly out of time. I think we could keep talking for yet another hour. Maybe we'll have to come back and do that. My guest today, Adam Kahane, he's director at Rio's Partners. The book, highly, highly recommended, is Facilitating Breakthrough: How to Remove Obstacles, Build Bridges, and Move Forward Together. Adam, thank you for being a guest. This was a pleasure.
2: Thank you again, Wanda.
1: Join us next week for more wisdom and getting out of your comfort zone. If you'd like to know more about this and other skills, check out our new subscription service at outofthecomfortzone.com. And if you like this podcast, please rate us highly on your favorite podcast player.
0: We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today.